following is a teaching message from Shaw Community Church. For more information on Shaw, for our teaching resources, visit www.shaw.org.nz. We're doing this series in Advent, three-week series, around some prophecies in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament, some passages that point towards the coming of Jesus, the coming of this Messiah, this deliverer, ruler that Isaiah uh, saw because he was given this vision by God. And Christians believe that these prophecies that point to a Messiah were fulfilled in Jesus of Nazareth. So we are looking at some of these pointers to Jesus, some of these signposts to Jesus as a way of centering ourselves and focusing on the coming of Jesus at Christmas and the return of Jesus uh, at the end of this age. So this morning we're going to look just at a few verses uh, and reasonably briefly because we want to leave some space for the stories of the people getting baptized this morning, but a passage from Isaiah 42. So if you've got a Bible with you, uh, turn over to Isaiah 42. And we're going to read the first four verses of that chapter together. Well, I'll read them. You can listen. But they will be on the screen. Words are on the screen. Uh, Isaiah 42. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break. And a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on the earth. In his teaching the islands will put their hope. I want you to think for a minute of what connotations come to your mind when you hear the word justice. It's mentioned several times in this passage. It's a big theme in in, in the chapter. Justice. Uh, the David Bain case has been in the news again this week with uh, all of this interplay between Justice Binney and Judith Collins and the police commissioner, and it raises again the question, was justice done in that trial? And I, co- of course, don't want to debate that again this morning, but I want you to think about the question. What do we mean when we say or ask, is justice done? What are we thinking about when we ask that question? Usually, in our Western concept of justice, uh, justice is about appropriate punishment for offenders. It's making sure the right person is convicted and charged and receives a punishment appropriate to the crime. In that case, we'd say, if that happens, justice is done. But if the wrong person is found guilty or the guilty party is let off, then we'd say there's been a miscarriage of justice and justice hasn't been done. Only when the guilty offender is charged and has repaid their debt to society do we feel like the demands of justice have been met. Now that's quite a different concept of justice to the one you find in the Bible. And we have to be mindful of that when we're reading passages like this where the word justice pops up because we can easily import our Western criminal justice sense of justice into this passage without listening to how justice is being described. Justice in the Bible is not as concerned about offenders as it is about victims. It's not as focused on retribution for offenders as it is on restoration for victims. Uh, Victims of specific crimes and grievances and also victims of an unjust society, victims of an inequitable society. Justice, in Isaiah particularly, is about stooping down and lifting up those who are victims. Lifting up those who have been offended, who have been wounded, who have been wronged, who have been grieved. Lifting them up so that they can participate again in the fullness of human life and community. That's what justice is about. 
And justice in Isaiah 42 is particularly connected to the ministry of this person called the servant. He pops up several times in Isaiah. This is the first place where the servant of God, the servant of Yahweh is mentioned. And he is the bringer or the bearer of justice. My servant comes to bring justice. But look at the type of justice that he brings. In verse 2, he will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. In other words, he's not going to be a tyrant. He's not going to be a bully. He's not going to be controlling. But what he will do is in verse 3, a bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. See, this is, this is the unique quality of God's justice, that it stoops down and it lifts up. These beautiful word pictures, a bruised reed he will not break. You'd picture maybe a, a willow reed that's been bent over in a storm and it's, it's cracked and it's splintered and it's almost destroyed. And the servant of the Lord comes and he restores it. And he positions it again so that it can be replenished. He doesn't come and just chop it off and write it off or even just walk past it. He comes and he restores it and brings it back to life. And a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. It's a picture of a candle, like one of our Advent candles over here. A candle that's just burned right down so all that's left is a tiny little ember, a tiny little glow. It's just about extinguished. And the servant of God comes and he breathes gently and fans the ember back into flame. This is justice in the Bible. This is the ministry of the servant of God. And Christians believe that the servant of God that Isaiah talked about is fulfilled in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. We look at that person Isaiah described to us. We look at Jesus and we say, that's him. He has come as the servant of God to bear justice for the world. And the gospel writer Matthew makes this explicit in Matthew chapter 12. Just turn over there. He uses this quote from Isaiah in describing the ministry of Jesus. He just plonks it into his biography of Jesus in chapter 12, verse 15. He says, aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. A large crowd followed him and he healed all who were ill. He warned them not to tell others about him. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, the one I love in whom I delight. And on he goes, uh, reciting that quote. It's directly taken from Isaiah 42. He takes all four verses that we've just read and just inserts it there. And isn't it interesting where Matthew puts this? Could have put it anywhere in his whole picture of Jesus, but he puts it at the point where Jesus is healing. And he specifically tells us Jesus is going around, he's healing people who are ill. He's restoring, he's mending, he, he's renewing lives. And that is fulfilling what Isaiah saw with the servant of God who would come and a bruised reed he wouldn't break, and a smoldering wick he wouldn't snuff out. Jesus is moving with compassion and with tenderness towards the bruised reeds. And he's moving with great mercy and with this renewing power towards the smoldering wicks, the, the people that were broken and hurting and in trouble. And Jesus comes to them not to judge them. He doesn't come and just bypass them. He doesn't just write them off. He doesn't beat them while they're down. He doesn't lecture them about personal responsibility. He just moves with compassion and with incredible grace and he lifts up and he restores and he mends lives. This is what Jesus does. And that ministry of justice that Jesus brought, it wasn't just about healing the sick, it led him all the way through his life. It led him all the way to the cross. And as Jesus was executed on that Roman cross on Good Friday, 
He became the ultimate victim of injustice. He became the ultimate victim who was wounded and grieved by others. Even though he'd shown only love and only mercy, even though he had healed and restored so many lives, Jesus became the victim of injustice, trampled over by other people, accused on bogus charges and and mocked by a crowd and beaten by soldiers. Jesus became the victim for us. He became the victim of injustice. Jesus on the cross became the bruised reed. Jesus on the cross became that smoldering wick. And the most awful part of the story of that day is that the bruised reed was broken and the smoldering wick was extinguished and Jesus saw no justice and Isaiah's words were empty for him on the cross. But a couple of days later, God the Father reached down and he breathed the life of his spirit into his son and he gave justice to Jesus. God the Father lifted up his son just as he lifts up the needy, just as he lifts up the broken. This is the unique quality of divine justice, that he reaches into the grave and he lifts up his son. He he breathes life back into Jesus. Jesus received God's justice. Before he brings it to us, he received it for himself. He received vindication from the Father. He received resurrection and restoration and renewal. Jesus was justified, if we can use that word. And then he not only received justice for himself, but he became the bearer of justice for the world. As Matthew quotes it, he led justice to victory. That's what was happening on Easter Sunday morning. When Jesus came out of the grave, it wasn't just one man. He was leading justice to victory. He was establishing the first installment of this kingdom of God that he'd spent so many years talking about, this kingdom characterized by justice in which the needy would be lifted up, in which the hopeless would be given hope, in which the afflicted would be comforted, in which the wounded would be healed in which the lifeless would be given life that's the ministry of the servant of God and he's still doing it today he's still among us and he's still in our world today bringing that loving suffering merciful justice into the lives of men and women and children today the servant of Yahweh is still here not just a mythical figure not just something from Isaiah he's here and he comes with the justice of God to lift up the needy and to lift up the broken And to heal the bruised reeds and to fan back into flame the smoldering wicks. That's what Jesus does. It's who he is. And you'll hear it in the stories of four people in a few minutes who have all experienced that. They've been lifted up by God in different ways, in different circumstances, totally different types of stories. But each of them in their own way, they were that bruised reed, they were that smoldering wick, and God has given life to them. And he's healed and restored them. Maybe not solved all their problems, maybe not taken away the pain that they're experiencing, maybe not changed their external circumstances, but he's given them life, he's given them hope, he's given them his peace and the presence of his spirit. He's lifted them up and he's given them a new way to see themselves other than as victim. See, this is the unique thing about the justice of God. He reaches out to those who are victims, but he gives us another way of seeing our identity other than as victims. He renames us, no longer victim, but daughter, no longer victim, but son, no longer victim, but beloved. That's the ministry of the servant. He renames us, not literally, but he comes and gives you that new identity, that new name, because we're anchored now in his grace and his mercy and his justice. And you may be here this morning and you may be battling. 
you may be really struggling. I love the way Eileen Brunton put it a couple of weeks ago when she did the communion devo and talked about how at Christmas time, it's like the volume gets turned up on our lives and whatever's happening gets amplified. So if you're already in good space, that gets amplified and, and, and you become really happy. And if you're struggling, that gets amplified and it's a real time of pain and hardship. And you may be in that negative space. And for you, Christmas is hard and you're struggling and you're battling. Maybe you're struggling with health and there's a significant health issue in front of you and you're wrestling with it and dealing with it and it's just wearing you down and you're just exhausted and drained by it. Maybe it's a financial issue and you're really up against it and it's causing you huge anxiety. Maybe it's a relationship that's come under huge strain or is broken up. You may be the bruised reed. You may be, this morning, that smoldering wick. And you just feel like you're that broken reed that's bent over and about to be destroyed. Maybe you feel like you're that little candle that used to burn really brightly, but now you're just an ember and you feel like you're just about to be snuffed out. And the servant of God is coming towards you this morning with great compassion and with great mercy. He's here to restore. He's here to renew. And he's here to bring the justice of God into your life. The servant of God comes. He's not going to pass you by. He's not going to look at you as a bruised reed and say, well, you're just beyond hope. You're beyond repair. I'm going to move on to people that I can help. He's not going to write you off. He's not going to beat you while you're down. He is going to move towards you with immense love and tenderness and deal gently with you in your weaknesses. It's what the Bible tells us God does, that he comes alongside us and he deals gently with us in our weaknesses. And what Jesus will do in your life, if you're that bruised reed, if you're that smoldering wick, Jesus comes alongside you and he opens your eyes to what is already surrounding you, the presence of God. He opens your eyes to what is already within you, the Spirit of God. He opens your eyes to what is already placed around you, the angels of God, protecting you and upholding you and affirming you. See, that's already true, but we lose sight of it, don't we, in the darkness? We lose sight of those things. But Jesus hasn't gone anywhere. God hasn't gone anywhere. And what he'll do is open your eyes, just like he opened the eyes of the servant of Elijah in the Old Testament, to see the angels, the angelic armies of God encamped around you upholding you. You know, that doesn't mean Jesus is going to wave a magic wand over your circumstances and make everything better. I wish I could promise you that, but it's not in the scriptures. But Jesus will give you something better than that. He won't offer you a fix. He will offer you himself. He will give you his presence. He will offer you this Advent season, his own presence to walk with you and carry you through whatever darkness you're experiencing so that even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, as Psalm 23 says, you need fear no evil because God is what? With you. Not because he's going to fix you, not because he's going to solve it, but because he is with you. And there is nothing greater than the presence of God alongside you and carrying you in your weaknesses. So if you are that bruised reed this morning, if you are that smoldering wick and you just feel like you're at the end of yourself, just draw comfort from the servant of God who is with you and within you and alongside you and comes to you with great gentleness and great mercy and just reminds you of the extravagance of the Father's love for you and the warm, tender mercies of his presence to guide you and walk with you and give you strength just for today 
And then tomorrow, strength for that day. And the day after, strength for that day. His mercies are going to be new every morning. He is with you. He'll never leave you. And he'll never forsake you. And one day, Jesus is going to return again and usher in a world in which justice really will prevail. He really will fulfill Isaiah 42 and establish justice upon the earth. Then there'll be no more tears, mourning, crying, or pain. All things are going to be made new. So until that day, let's open our hearts to Jesus as the promised servant of God. Let's receive the beautiful, loving justice of our Savior this Advent season. And let's be reminded of his faithful presence with us through the pain and the joy that we experience this season. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you that you are the servant of God. And we thank you for the simple promise of your word, these beautiful pictures you've given us, that a bruised reed you will not break, a smoldering wick you will not snuff out. I pray for every person here this morning, Lord, who is that bruised reed and who is a smoldering wick, those who are struggling, who are broken, and who are hurting, who are lonely, and who are battling. Lord, in the quietness of this moment, would you remind them of your presence? Would you fill them again with your peace? And would you strengthen them with the power of your spirit to sustain them through what they're going through? And Jesus, bring others around them. Bring your body of Christ around each one of them to minister your presence and your encouragement and your support and your strength to each person just as they need it. Help us to be your church to each other and to represent well your justice, this loving justice to each other just as we've received it from you. Thank you, Jesus, that you serve us so faithfully, though we deserve none of it. We give our lives back to you and we open our hearts to your presence and your compassion again. In Christ's name, amen. This has been a teaching message from Shaw Community Church. For more of our teaching resources or to donate to our teaching resource ministry or for more information on Shaw Community Church, visit www.shaw.org.nz. Alternatively, you can email office at shaw.org.nz or phone 09 415 0455. Thank you for listening.